Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, everybody. Really glad to uh, see you out this weekend. The truth is we're glad to see you out every weekend. But I can tell you we are especially glad to have you out with this weekend. It's really a big question, so I'm going to ask you if you would help me out or at least humor me a little bit. How many believe, that is, you really believe that you are made by God to be a difference maker? And by that, you are made by God to be able to make an impact in this world, to do good in people's lives, to bring him glory. How many believe that you were made to be a difference maker? Can I see your hands again? Just humor me, help me out that way. Well, I want you to know this. It's true. God wants us to know the validity of that, that he made us to be a, different, a difference maker. And I don't want you just to believe it because I said so, but I do want you to believe it. I want this conviction to sink down deep within us because God tells us it's true. He makes this declaration, one of the places in his word, Ephesians chapter two, verse number 10, where he says this, for we are God's handiwork. That is, God himself is doing a work. A poimain is the word, a masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, that is, to be a difference maker. Now, that's a strong, powerful statement in and of itself. But if you look at the context that it's set in, that it's opened it up a little bit, it becomes an even stronger statement. That is, if we go back to verse number eight, we read these words, for it is by grace that we have been saved through faith, not of ourselves, rather it's the gift of God, not by works, lest anyone should boast. For we are God's workmanship. That is, from the time that we've received Jesus, he's doing a work within us, created in him to do good works. See, God's desire for you is to understand that his good works in us are seen through our good works that go out into other people's lives. And we kind of open this up a little bit more beyond just the statement to a deeper understanding by using shape. I love this acrostic shape because it's simple, it's deep, and it's also memorable. I remember the first time I heard Pastor Rick Warren use this. Rick Warren was the man who wrote The Purpose Driven Life. And this was years and years ago. And just the impact and how this stuck with me. Shape helps us to understand that there is both this supernatural working, this natural working, and then the redeeming work of God in different events that are in our lives, all that are combining in us to show that we have been shaped to be able to be a difference maker. Truth is this, that God is at work in every single one of our lives personally because you matter to him and because your life matters for eternity. Now, I just don't want to just run right over that. God is at work in every single one of our lives personally because you matter to him and your life matters for eternity. We want to be this difference maker that we can be. So before we just dive right into this, I want to bookend it 
with another just an incredible truth that if we get this and when we take this to heart, it will be life-changing for us. It will give you hope and it will continue to feed your purpose. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're gonna put it up on the screen because I'm gonna ask you to read this with me. Verse number 10 says this. Everybody together? But by the grace of God, I am what I am. One more time. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. One more time, everybody. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Now, this isn't an excuse in any way for shortcomings in our lives or like, you know, I'm just not able to do more because of it. What is being said here in the context, 1 Corinthians 15 starts out with these words, I want to remind you of the gospel. That is, this is what Jesus has done for us. And then the entire chapter, it's all about the resurrection and the power and the impact of the resurrection in our lives, in an individual's lives. And based on that resurrection power of Jesus at work in us, we read, but I am what I am by the grace of God. And his grace to me, it wasn't without effect. In other words, his grace to me, it's not being wasted. I'm letting it accomplish that which God wants in me. So because I am what I am by the grace of God, let's understand a little bit more of what it is that we are. We start with S, which is for spiritual gifts. God wants you to know this, that if you have trusted Jesus as your Savior, you have been given a spiritual gift by him. The ability to be able to show his love, to be able to help that local body or church that you're a part of, and to be able to bring him glory in this world. No exceptions to the fact that you've been given a spiritual gift. Now, actually, we took a little bit of time, just kind of opened that up last week, so if you want a little bit more information, you weren't with us last week, go back, check that out online, and it'll kind of fill in some of it. The diagnostic questions that I want you to use when it comes to S, and that is, what is my spiritual gift? Start with this. One, what is it? Do you know what your gift is? And then two, are you using it? If you don't know tonight, today, what your gift is, then I want you, if you would, just scan the QR code and go to the spiritual gifts assessment, and it's going to help you to have an understanding of this could be the spiritual gifting that God has given to me. And then you're ready to take the next step with that. So that's S. H would be, say it with me, heart. Yeah, heart is what really, really matters to you. There are a lot of great causes in this world. A lot of things you could really be excited about. You could um, have a heart. It could really, really matter to you about clean water. Or maybe to you, it could be children's ministry. It's possible that it could be the food pantry. Maybe it's trying to break the cycle of poverty for a child's life or a family's life in Africa. It could be um, local schools that are going on here. It could be social justice. It could be middle schoolers. It could be apologetics. And that list goes on and on right there. There are a lot of really, really good causes. But there will be one, maybe two, that really, really matter to you. Take for example, it might be for you, kids ministry. And for you, just the thought of a child that would go without Jesus in these formative years of their lives, it breaks your heart. 
You look at what the potential that's there, the fun, the joy, and how much Jesus can do at these young age and how much openness there is at that time. You're like, I just have to do something about that. And if that's you, then we definitely want you a part of the kids' ministry of what's going on here because it's in you to not do it. There's just something that is being squelched within us. Something else that I find really helpful about heart is understanding mine keeps me from judging other people. Here's what I mean by that. Say, for example, you have a, that heart, that passion for kids and kids' ministry, but the person sitting next to you doesn't. And you look at them and go like, why doesn't children's ministry matter to you like it matters to me? It matters to Jesus. Jesus even said, let the children come unto me because I care more about this than you care about it and you're not excited about it as I'm excited about it. There must be something wrong with you. Ever feel that way? About the cause that you have and why don't more people just get excited about the thing that you're passionate about? It's because it's a part of your heart. And if you can help to understand that other person's heart, I think you're going to find those things working together. But if we're not careful without understanding our heart, that's when we could become judgmental. So here are the questions that we want to ask when it comes to what is our heart. Ask yourself this. What is it that breaks your heart? What is it that lights or ignites a fire of passion in you? And with all these, if you'll take these home, you start talking about it at home in your small group and your family, I think, again, your understanding and what God wants to do is only going to fan those flames. A would be what? Abilities. I got some really good news here. And that is that the average person has at least 600 abilities in your lifetime. Think about that. You're above average. I mean, you could have like 700 or plus abilities. If you are, I mean, if you are like way below average, that would mean you still have like 300 abilities. I mean, how many are just feeling good or better about yourself right now? I mean, everybody has abilities. And what we want to do is we want to figure out what it is that we're good at and how we could use that for God. Chris is working on that. And here's his story. My name is Chris Hansett, and married, two kids, wonderful twins. I've been in the Zumba world for probably somewhere between. 10 and 12 years. I got involved with Zumba initially due to a friend asking me to come check it out. And she said, come on, you like music, it's a lot of fun, just come check it out, I promise you it'll be fun. So I went, I checked it out, but it was fun. It was fun music and the key was everybody else was having fun. She had fun and everybody else there had fun. So I came back and then the more I went, it was infectious and it started building like a snowball. And then I went more and more and more and that a first step is what actually got me into the path of getting into Zumba and then eventually leading to teaching and volunteering it for 
either Zumbathons, fundraisers, help families, whatever it might be. Whenever I can do something, that's when I try to. So I'm able to give back because I went through a really dark time in the past. There was a short period of time in my life where I was miserable and I hung on by a thread, just by a thread. And God talked to me at that time, but it was really small messages. It wasn't great. And it was a really tough time. And Zumba at the time was the only way I could escape for that hour and get a little bit of relief. And I realized that if God can take the crucifixion, one of the worst things you could ever go through and turn that eventually for good, 2,000 years later, you have this massive movement called Christianity. He can take Chris's broken little heart and then turn that into something good. So for me, I'm able to do what I do because I went through something awful and God was there for me. So if I can be a channel of that and help someone else, that's one of those big motivators that helps me in Zumba. Yes, I like the music, I like smiles, I like being around people. But if I know I might make a difference in one out of 40 lives or one out of 20 lives that one night, that is what makes a difference in my life by making a difference in someone else's life. Zumba is a great way in a short period of time to bring people together that's a very positive thing. But then at the same time, you can help families or people or causes that need it. And it doesn't cost you anything other than a little bit of time, energy, and giving of yourself to other people. So that's when I realized that I could actually make a difference, take what God gave me, and now give it back to someone else. Hey, to join me in, first of all, just saying thanks to Chris for uh, just taking the time to talk a little bit about what he's good at and how he's using it that way. I mean, I know that you're smiling at when you watch that up there, and some of you are already thinking about that September Zoomathon, aren't you? Going like, yeah, we, could, we can do that. You can go out and buy your clothes for it right now that way. So what is Chris trying to do? He says, like, here's something I'm good at. How could I use this for God? Think about some of the things that you're good at. Maybe you are good at sports. Uh, maybe you're good at coaching. I mean, if that's the case, do you know that we need every year hundreds and hundreds of coaches here? Coaches for soccer, for basketball, for football, for cheerleading, and that's with our upward sports program. And if you're good at those things and said, well, I'll just use for God what I'm good at, you can be a difference maker in kids' lives, and it truly is making a huge difference. But we take what we're good at, not just in church, right, but we take it out in the community. Um, last year, Pastor Bill, he was a coach in the McQuanago system there and for middle school and for high school. I know Joe, he's a, a men's volleyball coach at Waukesha South. He does that, something he's good at, volunteer, just to be able to help and to make a difference in those kids' lives. And it's making a huge difference that way. I heard for Serve Week that they needed individuals that could barbecue and grill. 
So you know immediately what I stepped into, right? I'm like, hey, that's something that I'm good at. So I, I just jumped right in and I signed up for that. What is it that you're good at? And sometimes you're like, ah, I don't know what I'm good at. Just again, go home, ask a friend, ask your family. What are the things that I'm good at? And when they start ticking those things off, maybe it's sewing and maybe it's cooking and maybe it's numbers and maybe it's finance and maybe it's business. And maybe, and again, the list is just going on and on. Would you take what you're good at and use it for God? That's our diagnostic question to say, I am shaped to be a difference maker, which is gonna bring us to P. P stands for, say it with me, for personality. Look at the person next to you and just smile, would you? Show them some of your personality right, right now. I don't know if you've seen the series, The Chosen. Anybody seen The Chosen? Uh, it's in two seasons right now. It's about Jesus' ministry. Um, I recommend it. It's pretty good. But one of the things that you'd really, um, The Chosen helps us with is this. It helps us to understand the disciples and the different personalities that all of them had and how personality can get under somebody else's skin if it's not exactly like yours. Here's what I mean. Let's have a little fun with this if we can. Uh, two different personality types. You could have an extrovert or you could have an introvert. An extrovert would be somebody that is energized by being around people, whereas an introvert, um, being around a lot of people, that could be draining for them. How many would say that you are an extrovert. Let me see it. Come on. Extroverts have no problem acknowledging either. I mean, it's like two in, like right up in the air that way. Okay. How many in here would say, no, I'm more of an introvert? <laughs> yeah, very few put their hands up like this. Like a lot of hands that are like that. Okay. Different, different personalities, right? Not right, wrong, just different personalities. Um, you might be a person that is comfortable with clutter. My wife calls these kind of people out people because your things are just out. They're out on your desk. They're out on the counter. They're out on the workbench. And then you can have a person that is not comfortable with clutter. She calls those in people. They like to get everything put away. It's in its drawer. It's in its place. It's all ordered that way. How many here would say, you know, I'm more of the out kind of person. I'm just comfortable with clutter. Can I you see two hands up here, by the way. Like, yeah, that, that would be me. How many would be, no, 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 no. I'm definitely an in-person. Oh, <laughs> conviction. Okay, now here's the real question. How many live with somebody that's opposite? Oh, yeah, come on now. And here's where personality, what does it do? It can drive us crazy, right? Because, like, why can't you be more like me? And understanding personality it's just, it, here's what it is. It, it's going to be so healthy for you. How has God shaped you? And it's also going to help you to value those around you that aren't like you. First personality uh, test I really did um, many, 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 many years ago was called the DISC. And what DISC did for me in understanding these personality types, it was helpful at work. But you know what was really helpful? At home. All of a sudden, I began to understand why the sparks would fly the way that they would. And I'm not talking about romantic sparks either here. But the sparks could fly in our home between Denise and I. It's because that's when our personalities were not meshing. But those gears were more or less grinding that way. And when I understood that difference of personality, it helped me to value her. It helped me 
to understand a little bit more how God has made me and how all these things were starting to, to fit together that way. Now, the diagnostic question for this, it's a little bit different. And the question I want you to ask, I want you to go home work with, is this. What are the personalities of those around you? Because as you dial into yours, you want to pay attention to those around you. This is especially true if you have kids. If you understand that your kids have different personalities, first of all, different personalities from you. Sometimes you're like, what is wrong with them, right? Just different personality that way. Or one is so different from the other, and you wonder, like, you know, how did these two come from the same parents that way? But when you help them to understand it, you're going to help them to be so better prepared to go to school and to go into life. We did as a staff a study here, it's really personality thing. It was called, I said this, you heard that. And what it did is it kind of takes disc, but it puts it into colors real safe that way. And as a staff team, we are so much better functioning just because we understand one another's personality and we value that together. Which is going to bring us to the last one. So shape, S, spiritual gifts, H, heart, A, abilities, P, personality, and then we're also made up of E, which is our what? Experiences. Our experiences have been accumulating ever since that we're a child, and they have been making a difference in our lives. Our experiences, some, are by our own choice. Some of our experiences are by the choices of others. Some of our choices happen to be, you know, just the um, intersection of circumstances in our life. Some of our experiences are actually designed by God. But the one thing that all of our experiences would have in common is this. That all of them come under this umbrella of truth, or this umbrella of God and his working in our life, which he says in Romans 8, 28, is this. That we know that in all things, I want you to hear, all of your experiences, that God works. And he wants to work for good to those that love him, those who are called according to his purpose. Now, if you happen to have a key or keys with you, would you take that out right now? If you happen to have just a key or keys with you, would you just grab those right now? When it comes to our experiences, there is a hard truth to this. It's a painful truth at times with our experiences because some of our experiences have not been pleasant. In fact, I'll share. Some of the experiences that have made me the man, the person, the husband, the dad, the minister that I am today, some of those have been extremely painful circumstances. So much so that knowing how this painful circumstance has made me so much better, so much more loving, so much more compassionate, so much more in tune with God and trusting him, knowing how much came from that pain. If I were to go back today to that same circumstance and have the choice, knowing how much good was gonna come from it, if I'd be willing to go through it, honestly, there are two or three that I can think of right now I could not willingly choose to go through that level of pain in my life, knowing all this good that was going to come from it. That's how 
difficult it was for me. And every one of us have at least one of those in our lives. And these experiences, this painful experience is very similar to the key that you're holding in your hand. A key will open and a key will unlock. And this experience that you have, if you will use your experience to help others, if you will use the experience that God has allowed to come into your life, didn't say cause it, but has willingly been using it or wanting to use it in your life, then it will unlock the opportunity to be able to help another person. It will open up an opportunity to be able to communicate and to minister in a way that those that don't hold those same keys would be able to. For example, you might on your key ring have the key of divorce. It might be a key of abuse. It could be a key of an addiction. It could be the key of prison. It could be the key of betrayal. It could be the key of the loss of a loved one. And none of you would choose to put that key on your ring. Now, this could be a little deceiving, this single key that you see up here. I just carry one with me. If you really want to know more what my life is like. Right, I mean, like, I've got a lot of different keys. You have a lot of different keys and experiences in your life. But will you use those to help others, to minister? Will you take your experiences and let God do a working in you, even though you wish you didn't have that key in your ring? Remember we said we were going to bookend this? We are shaped to be a difference maker. And remember that I am what I am. I am what I am. Do you remember it? By the grace of God. And you don't want that grace to be without effect. And we could walk away with this. Take this home, take this, put it into our lives, and we could have all kinds of really good conversations. And we would understand ourselves, and we would understand those in our family, and those understand our, in our small groups. Like I say, this would, in and of itself, coming for it is worth the price of admission. But I don't want to leave us just by learning some very, very important things from God. I want to make sure that we're taking what we know and putting it into action. There's a principle called the Pareto principle. And the Pareto principle, you probably know it, but maybe not by this name. The Pareto principle is this. It's called the 80-20 rule. Ever heard the 80-20 rule before? Yeah, a lot of head shaking your heads there. 80-20 rule basically um, says this, that 80% is accomplished by 20%. It was initially by a man by the name of Pareto, hence the name of it. He was an economist, and he said that 80% is generated by 20%. Now, you could take this right back to church, and you could say this, and here's the truth. 80% of what's given financially is given by 20% of the people. 
80% of what's accomplished in a church, ministry-wise, is done by 20% of the people. That's the Pareto principle. Now, I just want to ask you, what do you think about that? Are you good with that? I mean, you're like, yeah, sounds about right to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad for that 20%. Or do you go, I don't know if that's, I, I don't think that's right. I want you to ask, what do you think the Lord Jesus thinks about this? Jesus has a precept for us. Jesus' precept would be this. As each and every part does its job, he, Jesus, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. If each and every individual would do, would take the way that they're shaped to do its part, Jesus said, there's going to be growth from it. I just want you to look around for just a second and imagine. Rather than 20%, what if it was 100? What if every single person in here who has been shaped by God, who is made by God to be different, what if everyone in here would do your part? What is it that could be done if that 20 became 100. I know sometimes people go like, ah, that's just an idealistic guy. I mean, you're just a church guy. I mean, you know, you're just a dreamer that way. I don't think Jesus was a dreamer. Not in the sense of he was out of touch with reality. I do think that Jesus had a dream. And I do think that Jesus has a plan. And his plan is that each and every one of us does our part. Each and every one of us becomes the difference maker in action that God is making us to be. Each and every one of us who realizes that we have been shaped by God to be able to make a difference, we start to do so. The result of that, it's joy for the one who steps into joining Jesus in ministry. And it is an incredible working of God in his kingdom that begins to take place. So you might be going like, so what do we do? Like, how do we do that? Here's a couple action steps that we could do right now. Right now, we can grab our phones. We can scan the QR codes in front of us. From there, if you just want to know more about how do I, you know, find out a little bit more, how do I personally work my way through this? Just, you'll see on their growth track number of opportunities for growth track where you'll personally be worked through this and helping you to see how you could apply that in your life. Also on that QR code, you're going to find the notes for everything we've said tonight. You can just take those back. You can look at them a little bit further. But you can take action if you go to make a difference. And if you just, you know, fill out that little form there, we will come alongside you to help you to find a place that you can be a difference maker. There is zero guilt that we would ever put on, on any person. Because guilt, that's not the way God does this. But when you begin to realize that you that have the Holy Spirit in you, you that have been shaped by God, you really could make a difference. All of a sudden, we're not looking for a person to fill a task. We're looking for somebody that's willing to step into mission and to have life impact because your life was made for eternity and to make impact on eternity.
You can go on that app and just like, hey, I'm going to take my first step. I'm going to sign up for Surf Week. That is something else that you can do and you're going to find just this week. You can make a difference. Now, before I pray, there's one thing I know for sure. And I know that if you haven't trusted Jesus as your Savior, I know that God is at work in your life. I know that God is at work helping you to understand that truth that we said earlier, that it's by grace that you can be saved through faith. It's not about working your way, earning your way to God, but by what Jesus has done for you. And with God at work in your life, today may be the day you go, and I am ready to put my faith and trust in what Jesus has done for me and stop trying just to do it myself. And if that's the case, then I invite you to pray with me to open your heart up to Jesus. As you do so, God is going to begin doing a work in you and will continue it on until the very day that you see him face to face. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much that you have begun in every one of our lives, everyone that's trusted you, a masterful working. We just want to make sure that we're using that, Lord, and not idling ourselves, putting ourselves off the sideline, but being the difference maker that we can be. And we commit that to you, Jesus. For our friends now, Jesus, their heart is to be able to receive eternal life to be able to step into a living relationship with the living God and to put their faith and trust in what you've done on the cross and in your resurrection, Jesus, to meet everything they need for that life. Friend, if that's your prayer, to trust to receive Jesus, can I just ask you, how many would say with an upraised hand, guy, I haven't received Jesus, but I am ready to today. Would you just lift your hand? Hold it up for a second. Yeah, God bless you. Wave at me. Sweet. Jesus, this simple outward statement, an uplifted hand or a prayer in the heart, it is what you have responded to and we thank you for the life that you're giving right now. To you be all the glory and may you see more and more done for your glory here. And all God's people said, amen. hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.